Hello, everyone, and welcome to Level the Field Leadership. My name is Dr. Rachel Gallardo, and I am very, very excited about today's guest. Um, if this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. Very happy to have you here because I know that you're in for a treat. Um, feel free to subscribe. That way you'll get notified every time that there's new content that's posted. Um, for those of you that are new, just to give you a heads up, this whole episode is about leveling the field of challenges that you encounter in the work environment by hopefully having the tools necessary to deal with those issues when, not if, but when they do come up. Um, I do believe that workplace burnout is real and anything we can do to reduce burnout and fatigue in our leadership roles will ultimately have a positive impact on our team. So that's why I try to talk about different topics that might help you in your journey for leadership. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest for today. Uh, Ms. Julie Jenkins is an accomplished human resources and organizational development executive with experience in both corporate Fortune 10 companies and the not-for-profit space. Um, currently, she is the Senior Director of People and Culture at Baker Ripley, and she has worked in just about every industry you could possibly think of, dealing with all sorts of aspects of HR, from talent management, total rewards, learning and development, diversity, equity, inclusion, et cetera, et cetera. Um, she is just a super, super smart lady, um, an amazing individual. And um, she currently lives here in Houston with their fur baby, Benz. And she's also helped me in a couple of classes just to kind of really bring the field to life for students and to um, give them the real the real idea of, of what it like what it's like to be in HR. So Miss Julie, I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome. Hello, and thank you for the invite, and I'm looking forward to our discussion. Yes, I am too. And again, for those of you that are new, I do like to base all of our conversations around scripture. And so today's scripture is Proverbs 14, 13. Even in laughter, the heart may ache and rejoicing may end in grief. And for anybody that's ever been in a leadership position, or if you've worked in an HR capacity of any sort, you know that there are definitely moments of laughter, and there are moments of grief oftentimes within the, the, within an hour of each other. So I thought that was a pretty, pretty fitting thing. Cause you never, you just never know what's going to happen and what the day's going to hold. So, you know, Miss Julie, right off the back, you know, given all of your experience and the fact that you've been in this field for so long, where did your interest in human resources management come from? Like what made you get bitten by that bug? Wow. Um, I actually thought when I was in college, I was going to major in psychology because I'm intrigued by the by human nature. And then when I got into psychology, I was like, no, I don't <laughs> want the clinical side. And I, I don't know if I would be able to decouple some of the really traumatic, anguishing things that happens in if you're in a psych psychological practice. So I was like, okay. Then I said, I really am a business person and I like problem solving, but don't give me anything with budgets because I don't want to do that. Um, so <clears throat> the more I got into uh, my academics and I had summer jobs, I realized, wait a minute, what is this thing personnel? Um, and that's that's what what the bug started. And it's just been um, a roller coaster ride ever since. I love it, love it, love it. Um, I uh, I think I've been in just about every aspect of human resources. Um, so it, it's just been fun. It's just been fun. 
it sounds very similar to, to my own journey as well. Um, I, I really enjoy psychology, but I just, uh, the clinical stuff, I was like, there's no way there's just absolutely no way. And, um, long story short, somebody introduced industrial organizational psychology to me, which is a very close cousin to HR. Um, and so mm-hmm. I can, I can definitely agree with you there, but you know, you've been in a lot of leadership positions. So not only, you know, dealing with, um, HR and dealing with the employees within the entire organization, but then you also have to lead and manage your own team of people. And so doing this and just based on what I know about you and just the numerous conversations that we have had, you are, you are certainly an authentic leader because you just say it as it is, you know, where, how did that leadership, you know, journey evolve? Because I don't, I don't think we start out that way, but through a lot of growing pains, we get to that point. So tell us about your journey of leadership. I think it evolves over time. I think we're taught that you have to be and do a certain way um, if you want to, one, be invited um, into the party, into the the, the discussions. Um, And then um, as you get at that table, if you will, you begin to realize, um, okay, I can either say what they want me to say and what they want to hear. And if you do that, you have to remember what you said. Or you can... (laughs) you know, bring your voice. Um, And that's going to be a journey that everyone's going to have a different path to get to that point, but eventually you will get to that point. Um, But also when you're getting to the point of having to be comfortable bringing your voice, you also have to learn not just that you can bring it, but how you bring it. Mm. And I have just a a very few tactics that I use and I I teach my my team and I model it. It's just not a matter of teaching. I model it for my team what I want. Mm. Um, I mentioned how it's about remembering. My my parents always taught me to always tell the truth because Mm. if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember. Mm -hmm. And it's just there. And so I utilize that and no matter what I do and whatever audience, I don't care if it's with the, the most senior executives um, with our CEO or if it's with a, a brand new hire onto my team, I always tell the truth. And I will, I warn you up front. I said, listen, I'm always going to tell you the truth. You may not like it. I'll tell you the truth. And then we can figure out how to perfume that pig, as I say. If the truth is ugly, let's just deal with it and then figure out how we're going to navigate it. Mm-hmm. And jokingly, I tell my um my, my uh, CEO and my leader is that I don't look good in stripes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I tell mine, I don't look good in orange. So same thing. <laughs> same thing. Um, so we, we have this understanding um, that, you know, I'm going to always be for real. I don't take myself so seriously. So I have fun. Um, I'm not going to ever do anything to hurt anyone because I treat people with dignity and respect and how I would want to be treated. So even when you have to tell the truth, you do it with, with dignity and with respect. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And that's especially true whenever you're dealing with some really heavy, like employee relations issues, you know, because if you don't handle that conversation properly, people can feel like you're attacking them personally instead of, no, I'm trying to address the issue. You're, you're a fine person, but here's, here's the behavior that we need to change. Exactly. And and some folks just don't get that. Sure. Sure. Now I'm sure that in your, your years in this um, line of work that you have seen some managers and I call them managers because there's a difference between being a manager and a leader, but what, what happens when they don't have this authenticity? Like what are some things that you have outcomes more or less that you've seen play out on those teams? It's a little unsettling. 
um, because um, I always start off conversations and explain that I, I will give you the truth. I expect the truth. Um, I need for you to understand that when you're in HR, you have to be Switzerland. Um, and it's not, well, because this leader wants this and this leader wants that, you have to flex just because they want it. No, you have to understand where your line is and then help them to get to there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one leader um, a few years ago, phenomenal, phenomenal individual from a technical standpoint, um, really, really strong, understands um, HR, um, wanted to navigate in different areas of HR. So was giving the person uh, a chance to really build up their whole um, experience and the whole spectrum of the HR. Um, but when, you, when she worked with folks, um, it was never from a sense of here's what's the right thing. It's here's what they want to do. Let me figure out how to make sure I do what they want to do. Mm. And then she would sell people or throw people under the bus, but she was so nice about it that it was afterwards you realized, wait a minute, she just threw me under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, I was constantly coaching the individual and I finally realized that it's never going to work because our styles are just so, so different. And she, she, she believed that she was a strong, excellent leader and she could be but she had to adjust some of her style things, mm. at least for, for being on my team. And I think for being successful in our organization. So we had a very difficult heart to heart conversation. And I gave her a few examples of what I was seeing and what others were seeing. Mm. And I ended the conversation and was saying that from a technical standpoint, you will soar. But until you adjust these style things, you're going to look back and realize there's no one behind you because no one's going to follow you. You, you, no one's, you're, you're, they're not going to see you as being a leader. Mm -hmm. So I also believed, unfortunately, in my heart of hearts that um, there was too much water under the bridge, if you will, Mm. that sometimes to be successful when you've got a reputation that you have to move on to something else. So you could be successful. So um, eventually um, the person did move on to another organization and she's doing phenomenally well. That's great. And I take pride in thinking that sometimes having that honest conversation in a very tactful, very respectful way is, is necessary. Yeah. 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 Square pegs don't fit in round holes. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And somebody can, can really flourish in one environment and then just really fail in other environments. Nothing about them has changed. It's just where they're at. That's changed. Yeah. And it could be, you know, it's not always in in a a whole organization. You could be successful in one job in the same organization and not at a different job. And it's okay because each opportunity is a, a, uh, is a chance to learn, to figure out, okay, what dials do you want to adjust? We can't control what people do, but we can control how we respond to people in situations. Yes. And again, being honest with yourself and being honest with the folks so they understand where you're coming from. I'm a big believer in, in putting things in context. So whenever I'm going to my team with good, bad, ugly news, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. I will start out saying, okay, let me put this in context. So you understand the why. I always start with the why. Yeah. And then we proceed. And so if I've given you the opportunity to understand why I'm asking and where I'm coming from, when I start having to be a little bit more direct, you understand I'm not just being 
ugly. I've been warning you, we've got to do this. And this is why. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes you're, you're just the messenger, you know, like you said, if you're having a conversation with your CEO and your CEO says, okay, Julie, I need for you to do X, Y, and Z, even though you don't necessarily want to do that, you Mm -hmm. then have to relay that information to your team. And it's, it's, how do you go about doing that? And do it in such a way that it's still transparent and, and it's authentic, but also that there's an expectation of, look, you know, I may not necessarily be on board with this, but this is the direction that we're going in. So exactly. let's, let's see what we can do to implement the right plan to move forward. It, and I, I will tell people if I totally agree with something, I will say, Hey, fully on board, fully agree. If I don't agree with something, I will point like saying, this is the direction that we are being told we have to go in. Sure. Now we can fight it, as you said, or we can say, what can we do to make it as palatable as possible? And because I think many of us have been around for a long time, we just have to document the what, the why, the how, because eventually sometimes it's going to come back and bite. And then we're ready to pick it up because yeah. we've anticipated what's going to happen. And that works out really, really well. Um, and I think the team appreciates it. And I think when you're going through, when you're making certain decisions and you have to give certain directions, in addition to the why, give the data. Mm. Give the data because that helps people say, okay, now I get it. Right, so. right. Oh, and as <laughs> as a instructor and IO background and everything, I, I love data, love numbers. <laughs> give me the regression, give me the high, give me the low, give me all of that. I love it, yeah. love it. Data, and granted, uh, figures lie and liars can figure, but give the data and let's explain, here's how I'm looking at the data. And I will ask people, push back, tell me if I'm missing something. Sure. I'm willing to adjust, but you've got to give me an argument, just like I'm going to give you one as well. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sitting here thinking and everything that you're talking about certainly requires um, you to have not only self-assurance and who you are as a person, but then also to have that ability to use your voice at the right time. And I think that there are a lot of leaders, particularly women leaders. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak just a little bit to the ladies that might be listening, um, that have a really hard time using their voice in different situations for whatever reason. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest reasons, at least based on people that I've spoken with has been imposter syndrome. So they think that, um, you know, something is wrong with them or, Oh, I'm a fake. I'm a phony. I'm not going to speak up because maybe I, I don't know as much as I think I do. And so imposter syndrome and just general uncertainty really keeps people from using their voice. So tell me, how do you, how do you get to that point or what suggestion do you have for others that might be listening to help them, really and truly use the voice that they have and to, to be confident in the, the KSAOs, knowledge, skills, and abilities that they, that they, they possess. How do you, how do you open your mouth and speak when you need to speak? So good, good, good question. Um, I speak when I am comfortable and confident, I will do my research. Um, I don't speak just to hear my voice because that you're not going to, you know, we're not going to end up doing well. Um, so um, there's some folks who will just like to hear themselves talk and I have to tell them less is more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You don't have to meet a daily word count. Here we go. <laughs> no, less is more. Um, but I, when I'm also in the, in, in between of not quite sure, I will quickly go and check. I want to fact check. I want to make sure I understand the why. Sometimes I will speak even though it's obvious, but let me make sure I'm understanding. 
Mm. Or help me understand. Mm -hmm. Or have we thought about? When I pose it as a question, it's not as threatening. Um, because then it, it opens up the dialogue. But the other thing that I really, um, I've learned over time, and, and some of this comes with just uh, wisdom, with time, and um, I'm probably closer to the end of my career than the beginning, so I feel like I have less to lose. Um, <laughs> or you're I'll just say, getting started, you know, you oh, never know. Yeah. <laughs> but what I also think about is, but for the grace of God go I. I, the everyone may not be in that room whose voice can I represent because they don't have a voice there it is my job to represent the voices of those who don't have a voice anyplace else how would I feel if I didn't speak up if I see we're going on in a cliff if I see something that's just wrong um if I if I'm seeing a series of patterns that are making me go ooh. I have a responsibility to myself because I don't know if I could live with myself that I did not speak up and mm. something happens. And then it's like, well, Julie, did you know? I'm going to say, well, yeah. Well, why didn't you speak up? That's what it means to be also a courageous leader. Sometimes it's lonely. Mm. Um, sometimes it's a matter of uh, you also giving them just enough to make them think. It's not about you convincing them to go your way. It's to put the thought out there. Um, there's a concept that I say, create the pull. So give them just enough for them to say, hmm? and right. then they start asking you more. And again, give them a little bit more. Don't give them everything. But you'll spark an interest in, in leaders, especially that they're going to want more and they're going to go also and research and check with other people. And then they'll come back. It happens all the time. In, in my experience, um, Julie, you were right. I looked into that and yeah. And look at the data. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't always have to be in the verbal voice. Sometimes it could be a subtle. I saw this article that made me think, and I thought you might appreciate it. Nice. So. Nice. Yeah. I always like receiving those too. Cause it's yeah. like, Oh, good. I'm, I'm doing what I know that I should be doing. And other people are recognizing that too. Yeah. You know, some of what you're talking about um, requires, I think two things, which is mm -hmm. one, one of those being emotional intelligence, because mm -hmm. I think we have to have the ability to know when is the right time to speak. Um, how do I approach this individual? How do I send this in an email or do I ask for a 15 minute meeting? Like, and, and that requires a lot of um, good discernment to know yes. when to say and when to, when to bring the information to somebody's attention. But then also too, I think it's important that you take that time for your own professional development, because mm -hmm. we, we get ideas based on doing, like you said, doing the research and, and checking on mm -hmm. things on ourselves. And if we have got our calendar, so back to back with to do's, there's no time for that moment of reflection and researching mm -hmm. and you know, just, just taking moments to, to let the information marinate. Yeah. Um, how do you find the time to do all of that with so much you have going on? Uh, I, I set up my outlook calendar. So Mondays from nine to 12 is blocked. I can't, no one can put a meeting on there and Fridays from 12 to five is blocked. Can't put a meeting on there. And then I let the, out, the outlook algorithm go in and put focus time. 
in there. <laughs> and, and on that Friday afternoons when I have my block time, uh, that's when I'm doing my, what I go call, you know, emails. And I'm pretty good about responding to emails on a daily basis, but I will go through and, and make sure my emails are cleaned up and, and filed them where they're supposed to be. And then I look ahead for my calendar for the week and make sure I have at least an hour every day that's blocked off so that I can think, that I can research, that I can respond. It can, you cannot be in back-to-back meetings. Yeah. Um, I also, um, I had been going to the office two days a week. I'm probably going to start going in three days a week. And I'm going to reserve Mondays and Fridays to be working from home. I find that I get more work done when I'm at home. I recognize that when I go into the office, it's like, mommy, 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 mommy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So there are certain things that I also reserve to do on a Monday or a Friday when I'm home. Because I can't do it in the office. Right. So you've got, I, I treat my time to do the work. To, and working is, you know, thinking and planning and researching is part of the work. It's just as important as me meeting with an executive. Sure. How can I respond to them if I haven't had the time to do the work? Sure. Yeah. So. Boundaries are beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Are beautiful. So let's, um, let's, let's stop and think about that person that is maybe new in their leadership or, you know, maybe they're considering applying for a position that requires them to take on more leadership responsibilities. If you could go back and talk to your younger self, what would you tell a younger Miss Julie? A younger Julie, the words to my younger self is pace and sequence. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Rome was not built in a day, so you have to just take your time. Um, I like to plan, but for me, planning allows me to live in the moment. If I don't plan, I'm chaotic and I'm like all over the place. But if I can plan, planning is part of the also the scheduling, then I can you know, I could deal with the things that are thrown at me because like I said, okay, now how does this, what do I need to adjust? I don't like to plan on the fly because I'm going to miss something. So I like to do as much as I can as far as pre-thinking and planning. So that's one. And it gives with the basing the sequence. And then I also will remind myself, because I'm doing this right now with a, 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 a brand new leader for me, um, that pivoted from being an individual contributor to being a, a manager of people is a tricky one. And you have to learn to let go and let people it may not be done the way you want it to be, to be done, but if the end result is within range of what you can accept, you got to let it go. Right. You know, it, it, a good way of thinking about it, you got a linen closet. I like to fold my towels a certain way because I like the way they fit in there. Well, if my husband likes to fold it a different way, it may not fit the same, but do they all get in the closet? Yeah, they do. So it may not be as pretty, but does it do the purpose? Yes. Let it go. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to control it. So I also really try to make sure that people take time to just listen because sometimes again, less is more. We're so busy talking that that we don't really hear what's not being said. Sometimes we know Mm -hmm. what we think we know what's being said, but listen and also listen to yourself. If you've got that little spidey sense, listen to that. 
and go mm-hmm. check it out. Um, I have a number of people, you know, in my organization who I think of as thought partners. Um, and I leverage that. We do that with each other. Go and talk. Hey, check my thinking. You know, I do it with my mm-hmm. sister. And literally, she'll like, right. when I say that, she's like, okay, checking. You know, <laughs> and it may be a stupid idea, but push back and tell me it's stupid. So do some of those things, you know, pace and sequence, listen, you know, you know, share with thought partners. Um, I, I don't like to introduce new things unless I've had a chance to talk with thought partners and, and test the waters. Um, and just yesterday I was talking to my daughter because she's in a transition mode and she's like, she's just so overwhelmed. I'm like, mom, how do you do? How do you do? And I said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yep. Tomorrow's a new day. Just, just take your time. Right. It's right. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, man, I really struggle with that too, because we are in a super fast paced environment. You know, I can pull up anything, any information I want on my phone. I can ask Alexa, yep. like there's, I got things that are at my disposal instantaneously, but there are some things in this world that are just not instantaneous. And we have that. That's a really great chance for us to learn patience um, yep. and to, to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable. And I think yes. that's, that's terrible. Cause you know, we're creatures of comfort, you know, <laughs> I want my bed. I want my slippers. Like, I don't like, don't, <laughs> don't disrupt me. And especially <laughs> when we're talking about our career and something that we, we so passionately want that patience component can be really, really challenging. Patience. patience. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we're all human beings also. And you know, if you don't get it right, there's nothing wrong to say, Hey, listen, I gave you this recommendation based upon these assumptions, this information. I have now come into this information and therefore I am adjusting my thoughts and my recommendation based upon this. Here's the impact. Sure. What are they going to (laughs) do? Which we all had to do back in 2020. You know, we go into the the fiscal year thinking one thing and then COVID blows all of that out of the water. So now, okay, well, everything I told you two months ago, don't listen to any of that. Here's what we have to do now. (laughs) But guess what? We figured it out. Sure. We figured it out. Well, here's the point in the episode where I like to give whoever it is that I'm interviewing an opportunity for a shameless plug. So I won't ask you any questions and I have no idea what you're going to talk about, but for the next couple of minutes, the floor is yours. Shameless plug. It's never too late to learn. And I'm not going to say my age, but I'm a lot older than many of you. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I am totally excited about the opportunity of learning. Um, it keeps me fresh and it doesn't have to be learning about my profession, but just learning. Um, it could be learning about wine. It could be learning about, you know, food, how to cook. It could be learning about anything, but learn because life is so short that take the time to do something that's going to fulfill you. So, um, that's, that's a big deal for me. And, I am also, I I really like to travel and I want people to understand traveling. Yes, it's a way of getting away. It's a way of having fun. It could be very relaxing, but it's a way to also learn about something that's different and learn a different culture, learn a different environment. I, I just, I just love that. It takes care of me. It's, it's my, um, 
it's my love language. If you want to take me on a trip, that's, oh, you're telling me you love me. (laughs) (laughs) So learn and travel, explore, because, you know, tomorrow is not promised. It's very, very scary. So live life to the fullest. I love that. I absolutely love that. And as an educator at heart, I'm certainly going to advocate for that a thousand times over. (laughs) It's funny. My, my, um, my daughter, um, uh, when she was in college, um, she had talked to me about going and studying abroad. And I was like, oh my God, yes. That's the one thing that I have wished I had done when I was in school. And maybe that's why I like to travel so much because I wish I had, had done a semester abroad. And I will tell any student who's listening, do that. Do a semester abroad. You yep. will come back such a wiser, such a different person, so much more enlightened and ready. And you'll just appreciate things so differently. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Truly appreciate all of the wisdom you've just imparted. (laughs) (laughs) And, And for those of you that are listening, if you liked what you heard, again, hit the subscribe button to receive new content. Also, you can follow me on Instagram. You can find me at Level the Field Leadership. I do try to post positive and consistent content related to leadership that you can use no matter where you're at. If you're, you know, just need a mental pause, there should be something there for you. And remember, you are made to be a leader right where you are, wherever you are leading. The things that we talked about today can help develop the roots of your leadership so you can weather any storm. Take care of yourself. Take care of your team. You can 1000% do this. And until next time.